Hi, I'm Will, and thank you for downloading this world-class podcast, Wellbeing Special. In this episode, Joe Harris, the Associate Director of Student Experience at the University of London, is joined remotely by a panel of guests from the university to discuss mental health and well-being during the global COVID-19 pandemic. The panel is made up of Dr. Adrian Clark, Ravteg Desi, Catalin Martin, and Georgina from the Student Experience team. Adrian is the Student Health and Wellbeing Manager at the University of London. He is a medical doctor of 17 years practice in emergency medicine and also has 20 years experience of providing pastoral support to students in the university's central London residential accommodation. Adrian is a certified trainer for the Mental Health First Aid course, the Student Minds Look After Your Mate workshop, and for the eight-week Mindfulness X programme. Ravtech is the Residential Life Manager at the University of London and has 10 years experience providing pastoral support to students in the university's central London residential accommodation. Rav helps to oversee serious cases of wellbeing concerns for students in all of the University of London's intercollegiate halls and is also the university's designated safeguarding lead. He's a certified trainer for the Mental Health First Aid course, the Student Minds Peer Support Group workshops and an accredited instructor for the Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training course. Catalin is a qualified NLP practitioner and recognised professional member of the Association of Neurolinguistic Programming. She is also the winner of the NLP Practitioner of the Year Award 2019 at the prestigious International Coaching Awards. She has an established NLP coaching and team development practice, working with a wide range of topics, including change and transformation, leadership, values and beliefs, confidence, communication, and conflict resolution. And Georgina is a student experience manager here at the university and is part of the team leading on mental health and well-being. As a therapeutic practitioner, Georgina has eight years experience facilitating writing for well-being groups in mental health, education and community settings. Completing her final research year in an MSc in creative writing for therapeutic purposes, Georgina also has certificates in counselling skills, bereavement awareness training, applied suicide intervention skills training and is a mental health first aider. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, my name is Jo, and I'm delighted to be joined by such esteemed colleagues today working in the field of health, well-being, support and development. During this podcast, we hope that by talking about the issues we're all facing in this worldwide pandemic, we can share ideas and advice and offer support to you for what you may be feeling now and looking forward to the future. I'm going to start by maybe asking um, each of you how you're managing your own well-being during this pandemic. Adrian, can I start with you? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Joe. It's uh, it's uh, it's great to be uh, great to be on the podcast. Um, so for me, I think it's it's been a lot about really doubling down on my uh, efforts and motivation to do the things that I know always are helpful for me. So um, I love going to the gym, keeping fit, and obviously I can't do that right now, but I was lucky that I had loads of gym equipment at home anyway. Yeah, so it's really been about finding finding ways of keeping fit with the equipment that I've actually got at home, and that's been, that's been really important. Uh, and uh, I have a, a, a daily meditation practice that it's very easy to um, to somehow not find time to fit in to a day. So I've, I've just found it extra important to make sure that I make time for that. Do you use guided apps um, or do you have your own meditation practice? 
Uh, a bit of both. Um, I sort of see how I feel on the day, really. Um, and yeah, sometimes I use um, an app and I've got I've got lots of them. Um, sometimes I use stuff I've downloaded and some, sometimes I just set a timer and do my own thing. And I guess the other thing is I'm actually speaking more to friends and family now, probably, than I would do when there's no lockdown, because I'm scheduling I'm scheduling time to have video chats with people um and uh, so staying connected staying connected that way yes i'm i'm video um calling lots of my family members at the moment i agree i'm doing a lot more of that rav could i ask you the same question uh yeah hi joe thanks for having me um i think like adrian um things you know the usual things i was doing um have remained perhaps so reading and um and some meditation but i've just tried to simplify everything um I, I think i was probably guilty of taking on quite a bit previously during normal circumstances but i i think just kind of having a simpler life um and just picking up the things that i really enjoy have really benefited me so um you know the daily dog walks still stay um reaching out to friends and family with video calls uh, something i probably wouldn't have done beforehand but i've really enjoyed that um and just kind of getting back into my cooking and um, lots of baking, which I think everyone seems to be doing these days. Yeah, I'm doing lots more cooking and, and baking as well. I'm with you on that. I also think that where there's more bandwidth in your head, your headspace, because we're so limited, because we're on lockdown, um, you do look for simplicity. and It does become clearer about the things that you like and the things you enjoy. I really agree with you on that. Catalin, can I ask you the same question, please? Thank you, Joe, and thank you for having me as well. Lovely to be here with you guys. Um, for me, the keywords around this is about, and I think it follows on beautifully what you said, Joe, a moment ago about headspace. And for me, it's also about heart space to bring presence to what is happening and the kind of things that I do um, to support people, I apply on myself as well. It's around a balance of being and doing, you know, bringing a presence to what is going on in the now. What will I enjoy doing right now? What do I need right now? So that kind of reflective practice and then action from or just being with whatever needs to happen. There are elements of meditation, cultivating, you know, the inner work, the mind work, uh, the breath work will make a big difference for me. And then that sort of brings a presence for me to be proactive about, about what I will do next. Um, balance would be the keyword for me and I'm trying to introduce that and consciously manage that because it's very easy uh, not to maintain that at the moment with the normal way of the world <laughs> completely changing, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that later on in the podcast, Catalin, if I may. Um, just to ask you a little bit more about the kind of things you employ yourself um, with breathing techniques and so on, if you don't mind. Georgina, um, can you tell everybody how you've been managing uh, your own well-being? Yeah, definitely. And also, along with everyone else, it's really great to be here on this podcast and discuss this at this time. So something that I've found really helpful is also setting clear boundaries for myself. So it is wonderful to stay connected with friends and family. And like Adrian said, I'm probably doing this a bit more than I used to do. Um, but I think it's also really important to have some 
uh, time alone. So I have one one day a week where I say, okay, this evening will be for me and I'm not going to have any video calls. And that way I can sort of check in with myself because it can be quite overwhelming to have to be constantly in contact with people. Um, so again, that thing around having headspace and other things that are really helping uh, exercise and whether that's just dancing around or going out for a run, I find really helpful. And I also write at the end of each evening just to gauge how I'm feeling um, and check in with that and accept that. Is that like a kind of diary entry almost? Or is it a sort of affirmation? There's different things. So whether it's so something I also do have a lot of things in balance to, you know, help myself through this time is affirmation. So that is one thing. So an affirmation is when you kind of say, you know, I am, I am capable, I am skilled and kind of reinforcing positive things about yourself but also just just like a journal just an entry to see okay how am I feeling today and being able to name it and label it really helps me and helps me to accept it and let it pass through rather than to let it consume yeah I think it is a sort of outlet isn't it sometimes when people can write things down and sort of dispel what they're holding on to um yeah I agree with that uh, I have questions for each of you, and obviously listeners who know uh, will know that we're not doing this podcast in the usual way. Um, we're in our respective homes. We're all on lockdown. We can't see each other. And obviously to boost, boost the bandwidth of this recording, um, you may hear um, slight changes in the modulation of our conversation, um, but it is obviously because we are recording this separately. We're not all in the same room together with the appropriate equipment that we normally have. Um, I'm going to ask each of you, if I may, um, I have some questions, um, but feel free um, to add any comments if you like. Um, I'm going to start off with you, Adrian, and ask you the kind of things, um, what kind of things can people expect to be feeling through this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, thanks, Jay. I, I think um, so that there are some some common responses that we we might be expected to um to show at this at this kind of time but it's i think it's really important to say um before talking about what those might be that none of us has probably experienced anything like this ever before and when you're faced with something like this actually what what you're feeling is what you're feeling and there, there's no right or wrong about the way we're feeling you know we can we can sometimes be surprised by uh, our thoughts our feelings um so it's it's really important that we remember you you can't choose what you're thinking what you're feeling you can choose how you behave uh, so with that caveat in in mind um, the sorts of common reactions that we might see would be obviously fear of becoming unwell um, fear of dying uh, both for oneself and for people that we love um, things like uh, fear of being isolated whether that's for a relatively short time uh, or uh, or perhaps for a longer a longer period and for some groups perhaps fear of being stigmatized stigmatized because you've had the illness or um, stigmatized because you belong to a group where the illness might be more common lots of 
anxiety as well about um, doing normal things. So uh, anxiety about getting food. Can you get food? Uh, anxiety about visiting um, uh, healthcare facilities. Maybe there's an increased risk of uh, of uh, contracting illness there. Uh, and worry about what all of this means for your studies, for your work, for your finances, all of these things. So I think anxiety is a predominant one. Yeah, I agree. And I think it can become overwhelming, can't it, when you have all of those thoughts and feelings that are going through your head all at the same time. And I think I think uh, alongside all of that, because because so much is happening, there can there can almost be a sense of uh, of disbelief about the whole thing as well. Almost that that it, it's not it's not real. And and do you have any sort of tips for self-soothing, you know, regulating those feelings when you're feeling overwhelmed by these emotions and these feelings? Yeah, so I, I guess there's there's a couple of things that I might uh, think about. Um, so maybe three approaches to to consider, and uh, maybe the, the the letters D E F might help us to remember these. So uh, uh, D E F D for distraction, um, E for expression, and F for facing. Uh, so distraction might be, say, you're feeling overwhelmed by thoughts or feelings and uh, employing distraction might be something like uh, watching a favorite movie or listening to some music or listening to a funny podcast uh watching cat videos whatever whatever it is that's <laughs> going to take your mind off uh off the way that you're you're feeling so that's that's d and e was expression and so this would include things like calling somebody to talk about how you're feeling um, and uh, for that, I'd say vid video calls are probably better at connecting with other people than a straightforward phone call and definitely better than uh, than text messaging. Um, uh, but other other kinds of expression would be things like maybe writing a journal or a blog post or a, a, a vlog post. Uh, and you don't you don't have to publish it, of course. Um, they can be things that you just um, that you write down or record for yourself. And that last one, uh, F, was uh, facing, and this is this is um, sort of comes from an, an, an idea from acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, where there's an idea of really sort of dropping anchor in an emotional storm. Um, so this this facing itself has three parts, and uh, uh, you can remember those with ACE, A-C-E. So A is uh, about acknowledging your thoughts and feelings. Uh, C is to uh, to come back into the body, and E is uh, to engage in what you're doing. So maybe a, a sense of what that might look like um, when we're thinking about acknowledging thoughts and feelings. Then that's really about just uh, kindly, um, quietly acknowledging whatever is showing up for you at that at that time. Maybe being a bit curious about how you're feeling and uh, trying to observe what's what's going through your mind it can be helpful to maybe put that into words if you can so you might say something like um silently to yourself i'm i'm noticing anxiety or um i'm noticing that i'm worrying about things right now and then whilst whilst we continue to acknowledge those thoughts and feelings uh we could come back into the physical body so um, this isn't about distracting yourself from uh, from the way you're feeling but it's about um, uh, really acknowledging how your body and your mind uh, interact with one another so 
in, uh, to connect with the physical body, you might um, perhaps press your fingertips together or um, take a nice long, slow stretch or maybe push your feet into the floor so you can really feel grounded um, uh, uh, and supported by, by the earth. And then we're just sort of at that final stage is to engage in what you're doing right now. Um, and so um, uh, we, we're still acknowledging those feelings. We're still connecting with the physical body. Um, and then engaging with what's going on around you. So this might be maybe look around the room and notice uh, some things that you can see or things that you can hear, um, or just notice what it is that you're doing at that at that moment. So it's just a, it's just, really is just a way to um, not to distract yourself from the way you're feeling, but to actually connect with it um, and. Uh, and and maybe to to realize how those feelings work in the in the body too. You, there's there's loads more information about the uh, acceptance and commitment therapy uh, um, sort of approach to um, the coronavirus uh, outbreak. Uh, I say uh, uh, Russ Harris, who's the one of the people who writes a lot about acceptance and commitment therapy, has written something called Face COVID. Uh, so I'd recommend I'd recommend googling that face face COVID by Russ Harris. Thank you so much for that, Adrian. The reference that you gave us there, um, we'll put that in the show notes for the podcast for the podcast listeners, so they can have a take a look at that website that you mentioned. Like you, I know that Rav deals face to face with our students in London. So I'd like to ask you, Rav, how do you respond to somebody that confides in you uh, that they are struggling with their own mental health? Yeah, sure. Um... I think the key thing straight away is to make sure that you don't guarantee uh, confidentiality um, and that you don't promise to fix their problems. Um, they're probably the two things that we instinctively go to do. Um, you might say, you know, the person coming to you and confiding um with, their, with you with their problems might say you know do you promise not to tell um my line manager or my loved one um and it may instinctively bring you to say yes of course you know you can tell me anything i won't tell anyone um, you mustn't do that there might be instances where you do have to escalate it up where you do have to notify someone just for their um safekeeping so don't guarantee confidentiality don't promise to fix their problem and also capacity um you may be in a difficult position yourself. You may not have the mental capacity to help someone. So I think only really take it on if you think you can be of assistance. And, and if you can't, be honest. Um, it's, it's usually helpful to say, look, I, I can't at the moment, um, I, but I really do want to listen to um, your concerns or the issues that you're facing. And um, perhaps we could pick this up tomorrow or on Saturday or um, do you think you can wait a couple of days uh, and if not maybe there's someone else that you can signpost them to who you think would be able to help um, but assuming that you do help that person um, and you need to respond make yourself present make yourself open um, a lot of these conversations now particularly would probably be happening um remotely they'd be happening over a video call or over the telephone um but imagine if you were sitting next to someone at work or um socially who was confiding in you you would probably you wouldn't turn your back to them you would um use kind of um you would look 
look at them while they were talking to you, you would acknowledge what they were saying. So you need to make sure that you can recreate that and you can acknowledge what they're saying. So um, the other the other main point is really listening non-judgmentally. We're very, um, it, it's quite common when someone tells you something that's quite distressing or alarming to give a facial expression or gasp or be quite alarmed at what they've said. Um, that's not going to be incredibly helpful. Um, sometimes just some very simple um, responses uh, to acknowledge what they've said and maintaining a neutral presence uh, would be more helpful. Um, ask them what they think would help. That person may already have some uh, some tools at their disposal and they just can't find them at the moment. They just can't quite remember them. Reassure that person. Uh, signpost them. Um, a term that I love, which I came across when I was um, doing my training to be an MHFA instructor, was the term co-googling. Um, and it's as simple as just sitting with someone and saying, well, why don't we look this up together? Why don't we try and see if together we can find a solution to your problem? Um, and also just be honest with that person and say, you know, if you don't think that you're the person that can help them, ask them if there's someone else that they know who might be of help. And it may be a colleague, it may be a friend, a loved one, a family member. It, 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 you just don't know who it is. But again, point them in the right direction and, um, and, and listen more and let them do the talking. Thanks for that, Rad. And in the same regard, can I ask you how you take care of yourself when you're helping others? And what can people do to take care of themselves when they are, you know, when they are helping others? That, that's a really good question. I, I think, like I said, you know, if you've found that you do have the capacity to take it on or you find that uh, what someone's telling you is quite challenging and sometimes these conversations can be triggers, um, they can affect your own mental well-being um, and most professionals will tell you that they actually need time themselves to reflect on the conversations that they've had during sessions or the things that they've heard or come across um, so I think it's vitally important to look after yourself um, I think it's, it's very simple measures I think connect what, what Adrian was referring to as well but connect with the emotions that you're feeling if someone has shared or disclosed something uh, which was distressing, connect with how that's making you feel. Um, what emotions has that stirred in yourself? Uh, why might you think those emotions have been stirred? Um, I think connecting with others, there's strong evidence um, to suggest that, you know, we do, there is a fundamental human need for us to connect with other people. Um, and so talking to someone else, you, you don't have to go into details. You don't certainly you wouldn't tell another person, you know, the name or the exact details of the problems that you've just heard about. Um, but talk to someone and say, look, you know, someone disclosed this to me today and I'm really struggling with it. Um, do you mind if we have a chat for five minutes just so we can kind of talk through it or I can offload? Um, sometimes just getting away from the situation, being active going for a walk um, can really be helpful just to detach yourself. Um, and I always find, and th this works for me, it may not work for everyone. Um, I'm a real advocate of bibliotherapy. So I often find that I deal with these kind of situations 
possibly distressing situations that I hear about from students uh, on a regular basis by going and reading about them, uh, which doesn't sound, it's not the obvious thing that you might expect me to say, but sometimes kind of reading more about that situation gives me a greater understanding and clarity um, and perhaps answers some of those concerns that I have or um, anxieties that may have brought about when I heard about it. Um, so going and learning more about it or reading or researching um, may just help you as well. So there's a whole host of things there that you can hopefully um, have as you, at your disposal. Thank you, Rav. Catalin, can I turn to you now? Uh, we know there are a lot of our listeners, probably around this time, they're comparing themselves with other people. Um, they're seeing that perhaps some of their friends, colleagues or other students are being so much more productive and whilst they or others are simply just getting through the day, how can they and how can we be kinder to ourselves during this time? It's a very important question. Thank you for that, Joe. Um, my colleagues have already referred to it, and I fully agree with bringing some presence to what is going on with me right now and creating some space to, to explore non-judgmentally, observing what is going on for me. And you mentioned comparisons. Um, it's important to notice that progress is relevant to the starting point and the range and the intensity of how I'm experiencing what is going on and how I am tolerating my tolerance levels are unique to it. Uh, much depends on how my brain is wired. So neurologically speaking, there are various reasons behind my experience that is really unique to me depending on what has made it happen in the past so what stimulus I have received in the past we all agree that the current stimulus is unprecedented and and very different from anything we have experienced before so there is a reason in our levels of anxiety in our you know very different ways of up and downs perhaps at times so bringing some compassion to that that there is actually a neurological reason for how I might experience these very different emotions in a very short space of time the brain is actually scanning for safety at an unconscious level all the time and psychological safety as well as physical safety is very high on the agenda for the brain because that means the organism is alive, we are surviving. Now it will respond to real or perceived danger. So when we understand this, that there is a very human element in all of us and nothing is wrong with us uh, in the way we respond to this perceived or real danger, then we can actually take a moment to pause and, you know, take a breath and, and allow ourselves to you know, check in what is going on for me, what am I comparing myself to? And is that comparison helpful? If it's not so helpful, what is the story we are telling ourselves about this situation? And from that sort of breaking it down into manageable chunks and the way we check in with our thinking and our emotional being, if you like, moment by moment, it becomes something that is manageable rather than something that we feel stuck and overwhelmed by. You mentioned just now about connecting to your breath and you, you actually mentioned that, that at the start of this podcast. Um, can I ask you to talk a little bit more about the different techniques that people can use, daily practices that might be useful and, and as well the kind of language that we should use to nurture a positive self-image? So 
so you mentioned various uh, aspects of our experience in terms of the language we use, the practices we can introduce and, and breath work to bring ourselves back to the body to become really present and really centered, which I mentioned earlier in the in the interview. So in terms of the breath work, is 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 it from my experience, it's a way to establish presence and bring ourselves back to the now and using the breath work in a way in which it can be empowering, life affirming, you know, literally sitting down, creating that space and time for ourselves to relax. And if if it's a visualization of, uh, you know, light building up in ourselves with every breath and a life affirming technique in that way that works for you or dialing it up and empowering you as a, as a source of light inside, it could be a way of doing that. And with every out breath, gently letting go of things that no longer serves me and even just a few minutes of that practice on a daily basis or first thing in the morning or before we go to sleep allowing ourselves to become really present and relaxed in the now they take care of our being of our emotional state regularly done so that we can then do our reflections our reviews and our previews planning ahead as well um, in the way we want to really purposefully construct our experience if you like um, language language is in a way reflective of our inner world and affirmative to that that then plays into our external experience so if we think about that let me give you an example if we regularly use the problem is or what I'm struggling with, I'm always giving my brain an instruction to look for problems and struggles. And it almost sets a filter for what it is going to find. Whereas if I'm changing my language and I'm aware of how I'm using it to be affirmative to the experience I do want to construct or create, then I could be switching to, oh, the solution is or the challenges that I'm overcoming. The moment I'm changing my language in those subtle ways, Consistently, it will change the filters I set for myself to create my experience so that it becomes something of what I want, more of what I want, rather than, you know, staying in places where I don't necessarily want to stay stuck. Positive self-image for me is also about going back to comparisons, is what is the purpose of that comparison? And is it something that allows me to grow, to learn, to enrich my perspective? Or is it a comparison that is unhelpful, that will limit what I believe can be possible? And my feeling will be a guidance system around that, how I feel. And sometimes, depending on range and intensity of my feelings and, and whether I'm experienced to check in with them, to label them, to understand them, even just good or bad could be a guidance system for me. What is it that I'm feeling and what is it that I need to move away from this? So bringing the presence to the now, checking in with myself and then compassionately, non-judgmentally, curiously, if you like, start to build a different kind of um, you know, journey ahead of myself, allowing, allowing whatever is and allowing myself to move away from it. And from that space, it's my experience. It's very unique to me. So comparing it to someone else's very unique experience can be counterproductive, especially at a time of anxiety or, or fear that may be going on around us. 
what is important to me in the now and what do I want to do with this is, is a, a more helpful question. What would help me move towards where I would like to be is a more helpful question. That's a really interesting perspective there, Katalin, on how we can self-limit by using language, even in our own internal dialogue. I really do take that on board. If you know that your internal dialogue and your unconscious is over 90% responsible for the experience that you have, then checking in with ourselves and bringing consciousness to how we utilize that internal resource becomes really quite important. We have tools to, to do just that on a regular basis. It will have an impact consistently. Thank you for that, Catalin. Georgina, if I can turn to you now. I know that all of us have different challenges in this lockdown and in this period of our lives, how we maintain relationships, for example, those kind of things. Can you give us some recommendations of how a person could tackle the kind of challenges we're facing right now? I think two key words here are compassion and empathy. So being understanding both with yourself and with the challenges that other people are facing. For example, just to start with some of the challenges that uh, people close to you or people you work with or study with might be facing are that they could be parenting as well as working. They may be dealing with loss and with grief. And this could be for people that they love that may not be close by or for events that have been cancelled and a whole range of emotions that come with that. Obviously, we all really want to stay connected at the moment. And I think it's important to remember that people still have a lot going on at home, whether that's trying to manage and deal with how they're feeling or whether it's parenting commitments or working. So I think it's really important not to take things personally. So if you've messaged someone or you've tried to connect and they haven't answered you immediately, remember that there might be other things going on and allow that for yourself as well. So if you're thinking, oh gosh, I've got about 10 messages that I haven't responded to yet, that's okay. Take your time and respond when you feel able to, because that's when you'll be able to give the care and attention that you need to to the people that are checking in on you and things. Something that I think can be really helpful and that we've touched on already is around writing and daily practices and something that can be really useful in terms of helping us not to have a a tunnel vision of darkness. You know, we may feel panicked, we may feel overwhelmed and anxious at times, but for many of us, there are always things that we can still be thankful for. And there's research that shows that keeping a gratitude journal can really benefit your physical and mental well-being. This could just be as simple as writing a list of five things you're thankful for each day. And they could be really simple. It could be that you're thankful for your bed or you're thankful that someone made you laugh today. But having that in mind can be really helpful and remind you that there are still wonderful and positive things in your life and help you to keep a balance there. Um, also, creating yourself a well-being toolkit. So we've spoken a bit about acknowledging and accepting the different range of emotions you might feel. And if you can be aware of, okay, I'm feeling really stressed and anxious right now and identify what those signals are, what tells you that you're being, that you're overstressed. And this could be something like you're feeling really irritable or you're feeling really lethargic and tired. And then think back to, okay, what in the past has helped 
me with these feelings. And it might be that calling someone, talking to them has helped you or that listening to music has helped you. But if you can have a list of things that you know have benefited you or helped you feel calmer in the past that you can go to and use, then that can be something that helps you through those times when you feel overwhelmed. So ultimately, it's about being kind to yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. If you feel confused about how you're feeling or you're thinking, oh, no, I'm not doing enough or any of that stuff, remember and put yourself into the context of we're in a completely unprecedented time that no one has had to navigate before. And we are all just navigating for ourselves how to cope and how to manage with the new challenges that we're facing. So even if you've just got up and got dressed that day, that is enough. You are doing what you can for you. Um, so keep that in mind. Something that might help you is almost writing a letter to yourself as if you are a friend. So if a friend came to you and said, I feel like I'm not being productive or that everyone else is doing better than me, write a response to that. With a friend, you'd usually be really supportive and caring and reassuring and saying, you are brilliant and you are doing just fine and it's okay that you're feeling this way. So if you could try writing yourself a letter which says that, which says you are doing the best you can and being kind to yourself in that way, that could also be helpful. Georgina, thanks so much for that. And I suppose in terms of this podcast, what we're trying to do is share with our listeners the expertise and the wealth of information and knowledge that our colleagues have um, it's a way of us trying to offer support at this time to our students and our listeners. What other support is available, Georgina, through the University of London? That isn't that because we have an opportunity now to share that with our students. So there are a range of things available to you as a University of London student, and one service that we have is called Talk Campus, and Talk Campus is a mental health peer support app, and it's free for you to download and to use wherever you live in the world, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Now on this app, peers and students connect and they talk about how they're feeling and support one another. And as well as students who respond to one another, there's also trained volunteers. So if you haven't yet downloaded that app, I really recommend doing so. It's a really great way to connect and know that you're not alone and that we are all going through this together. Um, if you visit the student, your student portal, you will see the wellbeing tab and there's more information about Talk Campus as well as other resources um, and articles that you might find, find helpful as well. So leading on from the student portal, you will also see that we have online societies. And again, in the way of staying connected, um, you can join the Film and TV Club or World Recipe Society or the Book Club and just have a way to have another element of that social interaction. Chat to your peers wherever they are, meet new people, discuss films or TV shows or books or share your favourite meals. Um, it's a really great way to stay connected uh, and feel engaged. 
keep a look on our social media channels. So we have various campaigns where students share their advice and their tips for staying happy and healthy and motivated while they're studying throughout this time and always. So you've got advice from students and motivational words and there's video campaigns where you can share what you do to feel better. And of course, the student blog where students are posting their best advice and tips for looking after your mental health while also studying. So do connect and do get involved. There is a huge community of students, fellow students all over the world that are, are here to support one another and really kind and generous in, in doing so. So Georgina, can I ask you, we know that some of our listeners are students and they are actually going to be taking um, examinations this summer. And those examinations now actually look different to what would have been originally planned for them. They will have been advised of a different form of assessment um, to take during the summer. Um, and I wondered if you could perhaps give some advice and some support to those students that are going to be going through that different form of assessment. Yeah, I do. There's a few things um, that you can do to prepare and prepare in a way that's healthy for you so first and foremost take care of yourself so this might look like creating a sensible routine which allows you to get enough sleep to eat regular and nutritious meals and to also get in some exercise so these like basic component components are all essential for your health for your physical health as well as your cognitive function and your mental health so if you get these in place when you're sitting down to study you'll likely be more focused and more productive you can also get more mentally prepared by using affirmative language so yes assessments will be different to how they were originally planned but you are still capable you know, you'll be revising, you'll be preparing in much the same way as usual um, and getting familiar with the material and the topics. So just remind yourself that, you know, if you're working hard and you've got the knowledge, you can still succeed. Also be practical. So take your time to read through the guidelines that we send you and be clear on how and when you'll be assessed. So you could create checklists and write down dates and times um, of your assessments but also making sure that you've got all the tech requirements in advance this will all be in materials that we provide you to support you in taking your assessments differently and pace yourself you'll be given a time frame to complete it and to submit it so just take your time as you as you would when you're usually sitting an examination breathe relax into it you know, you've got this, you know what you're doing. So just have confidence in yourself and your ability to, to perform well. Thanks so much, for that, Georgina. Some really good um, tips and ideas there for our students. Um, yes, we know it will be different. Yes, we know that you might be worried about this um, at the beforehand, but we know you can do this. Um, good luck, everybody. I'd like to thank all of our guests today for providing such insightful and interesting advice and support to us and to our listeners. We hope you found it helpful. We hope that you use these resources um, that uh, colleagues have mentioned um, and that we have provided for you through the student portal and on the app. Um, during this time, we know it can be really difficult for all of you. Stay safe and well. And thank you so much for listening.